sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. If you're watching the video version of the podcast, you'll know that I just held up my Tea With Me, Shane Todd mug. And if you're listening to the audio version, you go, why did you take so long in between saying, welcome to the Tea With Me podcast with Shane Todd. It's a good day, it's a Wednesday episode of the podcast. We're feeling nice, We're feeling really nice. I just came up to the studio, I didn't even tell Big Mike this because... It's it probably not worth telling this story twice. It's not even really a story, it just happened. As I was coming up to the studio, there was an American lady standing, getting sheltered from the rain. And um, and she said, Can you tell me where park... Well, she said in her American accent, she went, Can you tell me where park drive is, mate? And I said, Yeah, I can. It's up there to the left, and then just keep going. No, up there to the right, and keep going. And uh, And she goes, Okay, thanks. She goes... And is Hollywood a good place to live? And I said, with a tear in my eye, I said, it's the best place in the world. You know, and I, I broke down. Like, I started hysterically crying. Now, maybe because of COVID, a delayed reaction to this pandemic, maybe I'm having a breakdown. But I just fell to my knees and just started sobbing <laughs> into the concrete pavement. And, uh, and she was like, do you need help? And I was like, it's just, it's the best town. It's the best town. And, um, and it's a good time. But she did ask me, is it a good town? And I said, it's the best town in the world. And I realised when I said that, I sounded like such a child. Yeah, the best town in the world. Every other town, stupid. But maybe I made that woman move to Hollywood. And if I had, then it's a good time. Because the more... We don't really have... Like, there definitely are international residents in Hollywood. But I'd like to see more. You know what I mean? I'd definitely like to see more. You know? Um, but it is it is the best town. That's where we're coming. We're coming live from Hollywood and it's the Wednesday Tea With Me episode and it's all good and we have a sponsor before we get into this podcast, Manscaped. Manscaped have been a sponsor of Tea With Me since Pussy Was A Kitten and that is a phrase that this one, when my dad used to be a mechanic, this old woman whose car he used to fix used to say blah 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 since Pussy Was A Kitten. She didn't say blah 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 since Pussy Was A Kitten, that would be unbelievable. She would say, you know, I haven't seen... I nearly said a cock, but that that's so out of order. She is really a woman. She probably I, I don't know what I don't know what her situation was, but I she would say you would eat a wisp of gold. And she would say, I haven't seen wisp of gold since Pussy was a kitten. And every time she said since Pussy was a kitten, I, I always laughed. And then I would have to be like, and this probably only happened once, but I would say, Oh, I'm just laughing because wisp of golds and stuff. But it was because she had said pussy. And that was always funny to me. But the Manscaped 3.0, you can use on your genitals. That's what it's for. It's precision engineering. You go to manscaped.com, use the discount code T with me, you get 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped is an electric. Big Mike doesn't have a, a, a lawnmower 3.0 yet. We'll get you a lawnmower 3.0 because I use it. Dan uses it. And honestly, if you saw our me and Dan's genitals side by side, Again, it would look like someone had got drone footage of Phil and Grant Mitchell in their in their pomp. <laughs> it would honestly look like Phil and Grant Mitchell standing on a hill in a close-up drone shot. And Manscaped will probably re- watch this and go like, you know, that that doesn't work for us advertising-wise. 
but that is just the way it is. Manscaped, yeah, it's an electric lawn. It's an electric lawnmower. It's called a lawnmower three point It's we're not flogging lawnmowers. We're not sponsored by lawnmowers. <laughs> we're sponsored by Black and Decker. It's a Manscaped three point It's trusted by over two million men, and men don't men don't trust easily. But two million men, including me, including Dan, trust this. And also on their website, by the way, the Manscaped uh, lawnmower three point is pre lubricated. It says, and that's always a good thing. Um, there's reviews on the website, and let me just let me just read this out. Um, let me just read this out. Shave my balls nicely, and that comes from Sebastian. So check out manscaped.com. Use the code T with me for twenty percent off and free shipping. And make send your um make your make your pubic area go from a drone shot from an aerial drone shot of Frank Mitchell. The Phil Mitchell. <laughs> because Frank Mitchell has a lot of hair. Frank has very thick hair. I'm not I'm only talking about the hair on top of his head because that's the only I haven't seen anything else, but I just mean you I just mean you will have less hair there and it'll be a smooth job. Manscaped.com, tea with me. And I think that covers it pretty well. Sippers, it's a good time. We're in Hollywood. We're doing the episode. Got a lot of things I want to talk to you about. The first thing I want to talk to you about is um I want to thank people for watching the TV show previously with Shane Todd. Um, everything I do is just with Shane Todd. Tea with me with Shane Todd. Previously with Shane Todd. Um, what else? Youth Hostel and with Shane Todd. Um, it's it, it's a good time, but the TV show went down really well. There's nothing nothing fills you more with a like oh boy than when you have something going on local TV and you check Twitter because. There will definitely be virgin nerd guys ready to go shite. And you look at the profile and it's the Man United badge. You know, and it's a guy and his name is like a footballer's name. You know what I mean? His name's Phil, but his Twitter username is Phil Ryan Giggs Paul Scholes. <laughs> his name's Phil Ryan Giggs Paul Scholes, glory, glory, Man United. That's his handle. And he just writes shite. And then you go, oh, Maybe I value his opinion, and then you go on this Twitter profile or Twitter. Well, I would get a lot of my so I do a lot of my social media on Twitter, um. But you also look at his Twitter, and he's like, you know, he's tweeted about in the last hour. He's tweeted about my TV show. He said that there is too many, and I quote, darks in Northern Ireland. And then he has also entered a competition for um, you know, maybe Blue Chicago or giving away like you know a chicken burger. So. It's not exactly Mark Kermode, you know the uh, the respected film critic, but um, but uh, the the feedback to it was really good. Do you know that's a victory when people here tell you that something isn't shite. You know you'll always take that. Like people who you know and love going, I watched the show and see to be honest, not shite. I enjoyed it, and you're like, oh, thank you, thank you very. Like that is the highest praise possible in Northern Ireland when someone tells you something isn't shite because what they mean is they fully expected it to be shite and they're surprised that it wasn't and you gotta you gotta take those wins so um it, like BBC were happy with it I even though I mean it was on the quarter to 11 so I was fighting it to stay awake and then when I came on of course I was like yeah this is brilliant because I love to watch myself and um and it was it was good Mike did you watch it? You haven't seen it yet? Wow. Thought you were my friend. Um, okay. And you've actually you've been off the last couple of days. Well, 
today. Yeah, from today. Borat and previously to watch. Borat and previously to watch. I mean, they have both been. They both will have been watched by the same amount of people, essentially. Oscar talk of. Oscar. Oscar talk, yeah, but it's just because the cameraman on previously was called Oscar. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about the Bora movie in a second, but um, but yeah, no, honestly, cheers to everyone who watched it. It's uh, it it was it was great that people enjoyed it because even though you do something and you think it's good, you never know if people are really going to enjoy it. Like I remember doing a an experiment in school, like as part of um a school subject, not an. Ex- I wasn't experimenting in school, like, you know, snogging guys, but uh, this was a thing that we had to do in primary school in P7, and what we had to do is make an instrument out of household items, and I crafted this thing that I honestly thought was going to blow people away, and it was a a wee Tupperware box with the lid off, and I put five elastic bands around it and took it in, and then everyone's like, what is it? And I said, guitar. And then I, what was a song? Name me a song in like 1998, late 90s with a bit of a, with a bit of rock, like a bit of... Baby Bird, you're, you're gorgeous. <laughs> that's the best shout of all time. Also, that's one of the best songs ever. Because you're gorgeous, I'd do anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> music back then, like I think music now shit, but music back then was so bad. <laughs> baby, baby bird, you're gorgeous. What what about in that song when he's like, I made this up where he goes, uh, you told me to hitch my knees up high and pulled my legs apart as you about to get fucked. <laughs> yeah. You told me to give birth even though I'm a man because you're gorgeous. Uh, who the fuck was Baby Bird? Uh, <laughs> Baby Bird, you're gorgeous. Do you know what else is a really good? Uh, was a really good song from that time. And used to like, I used to really, really vibe out to it. Was um, Tony Rich Project. Nights are lonely. The days are so sad. Just keep thinking about the love that we had. Now I'm missing you. And nobody knows it but me. No, Tony, everybody knows because you're singing the most depressing song of all time. (laughs) Baby Bird is a music project centered around songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Stephen Jones, who's been releasing music since 1995. Um, Yeah, he's still going. Fair, Fair play to him. You're gorgeous. God, that was a... Hold on, let me see if I can. When was the last Baby Bird concert? Baby Bird Live. Baby Bird Live. Any anyway, I brought in this um this Tupperware with here he was still touring and he did the O2 in Manchester in 2019. As Baby Bird. Yeah. Awesome. People still really love him, Baby Bird. That that is a tune. Big as you're gorgeous. Stafford. Solid twenty years. <laughs> How sick of that would you get if you're Baby Bird for 20 years? Because you're gorgeous. Uh, do you know, oh, that, that era also reminds me of Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Because uh, that was that was the most radio-friendly song ever. And, uh, and I remember going to a car showroom whenever I was about 
10. Not by myself. <laughs> Some sort of sultan child. Um, I remember going like with, I don't know, my mum or my dad to look at cars. And I got into a fate that was open. And I turned the radio on. And it was deeply something breakfast at Tiffany's. And it wasn't playing that loud. And then I just got out of the car and didn't turn the radio off. And that still haunts me to this day that I might have run the battery down in that car. Um, but anyway, I took this Tupperware box. <laughs> I took this Tupperware box in. P7. I was in a group of like four people. And I said, like, don't worry, I can craft an instrument. Uh, like I was like I'm Fender himself. And I brought in a Tupperware box, five elastic bands around it. And I remember saying it can play any song. And someone, I, I took a request and somebody was like, Baby Bird, you're gorgeous for talk's sake. And I said, oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> I said, okay. And I remember plucking the elastic bands along. But I was just, I was like, bam, bam, bam. Bam, 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 bam. It didn't sound anything like the song, but I thought I could play any song on it. And I remember the teacher being like, yeah, though, that's just quite disappointing. And I remember everyone in my group being like, you fucked us here. Like, because if we had known this is what you were going to bring in, we would have done something. And then I remember this guy called Matthew Townley, who is real name, who was in my class, who may well listen to the podcast. I haven't seen him since P7. I remember he turned around to me and went, can I keep it? And I was like... Oh, you villain, it's my mum's Tupperware. And he was like, oh, I really want to take it home. It's not a guitar. Like, it's not an instrument. And he was like, oh, I just really was hoping I could have that. I was like, no, you can make it yourself. <laughs> oh, that's such a... That's such a primary school thing to do. Of Like, here, can I have that? Like, you have no concept of, uh, of entitlement. Same year, P7... I remember the school was having... I went to shout out Strandtown Primary School, which was the best primary school ever. And my mum recently told me it's the biggest primary school in Northern Ireland, and I think she might have made that up. But I remember um, there was like a, a sale for Africa or something. And in the assembly hall, people like mums and stuff, were mums and grannies and all were selling uh, themselves. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were selling like tin foods and the baked stuff and I remember there was a chocolate fudge cake and me and Andrew Brown Andrew Brown you may remember being the boy that I hit with a baseball bat when he came for a sleepover at my house and uh, and he had to go home and never talk to me again but and that's just the way that happened but um, I remember there was a chocolate fudge cake and it was being sold I still remember this for £1.25 and me and him eyed it up that day and he lived closer to the school than I did, but I remember we both sprinted home to get money to run back to the school and buy this chocolate cake. And then, I think about five years later, I realised I could have just got it at the shop. But I needed that one, like that was the one, and he and he got it. And listen, I don't bear any uh, any grudge, but weeks later from that, I did go on to hit him with a baseball bat, so make it that what you will. I don't know what I was talking about there, but I just know that it's it's good to be out, it's good to be doing the podcast, we're, we're being very socially distanced here, big mics over there with a mask on, now to be fair, it's not a, like, COVID mask, it's not a, it's not that kind, it's more of the rubber variety, but he's wearing it, he likes it, he's got a big font, I don't know what he uses it for, uh, maybe whales, or, I don't know, but, or, like, deep sea dives, because, if I can describe to you, he's, it's a rubber, he's got a rubber mask on, um, and he has, a, like, a big funnel, out the front, <laughs> At the front of it, he's got like rubber mask, a big tube, 
um, a big tube. Also, where both of his eye holes are, there's two little like doors. Um, there's two doors. Um, that both say insert here, and um, and then yeah, he just has this big funnel, and um, <laughs> and it says <laughs> it's <laughs> it says on it. I don't know what this means, but it says <laughs> attached to bum. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he says it's keeping him fit and healthy. And he says if any guests eventually are able to come here in the next couple of weeks, he can prov- he can provide them with one. So that's that's good. <laughs> Imagine just going to Centra in a full gimp mask, being like, "Hey guys, you can't, you can't be too careful." Oh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everyone who watched the, the TV show. Appreciate it. We've got two more episodes, which is good because most stuff I've done before has been like a wee one-off, you know? I'm like a thief in the night. I arrive and then I'm gone as quick as I came. And uh, and But this there's, there's more episodes, which is good. And it's on the iPlayer. And I think people like it because we like looking back at ourselves. What? Don't we like looking back at ourselves? Well, oh, what were we like? We love looking back. At the troubles we go, what were we? What were we like? We're like looking back at the pain and the misery and going, oh, it was us that we haven't been that happy since. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? When there was nine editions of the Belfast Telegraph every day purely because they had to keep up with the horrific things that were happening. Uh, good times, but yeah, it, it was good. It, also, there was no live audience like there used to be with the pilot episode, so... I had to do it a bit different. That's what I was worried about. That was my main worry, that people would have seen the pilot where it's almost like a comedy club audience and then they look at this and they're like, but it's just you in a big studio. But I don't think it felt like that because the pace of it was good and it was well edited. It was well edited. Um, So thanks for watching that. And then I just want to quickly mention, I'm not going to do any spoilers, the Borat movie. My cousin's seen it. The Borat... I was so worried about the Borat movie because... I love the first one. Like we, st- when the first one came out, fifteen, t- well, ten years ago, more. Yeah, say fifteen years, um, uh, roughly, and I was just so desperate that this one would be even half as funny. I was like, please don't let this be shit. Please don't let it be shit, and it takes a wee while. I don't think it's like as gag heavy as the first one, so there's not as many like quotable bits, but. I think like any good like character like Steve Coogan does with Alan Partridge, you like evolve the character almost, and it's not you're not watching because if you watch this, how many things do you watch it age badly because people it's just the same thing, but so much time has gone past and the world has changed. That's why I love Alan Partridge because when he when Steve Coogan brought him back for the Alpha Papa film and um, and for stuff that he's done more recently for Sky, the character dresses differently. He, he, his delivery is different, even the writing and stuff. And I think there's less laughs in the second Borat, but the big laughs that there are are bigger than the first one. Like, there's just a couple of moments. I, again, without, I, I swear I won't spoil anything. The uh, debutant ball, the scene where they go to like a ball, um, and there's an, uh, there's like an abortion scene. Where what no, I, yeah not yeah people are like oh, what's people switching off in their droves no it's a scene where they go to a Christian clinic that promotes you not having an abortion basically um and that 
is very very funny. But I I, I just I think like even the because when I watched the the Rudolph Giuliani clip, you know Rudolph Giuliani used to be the mayor of New York. He was mayor during nine eleven. Very 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 famous politician. I think he's Donald Trump's lawyer. He's like Trump's right hand man basically, and he got into that compromising position in the hotel, and there, you know where it looks like he put his hand down his trousers. And then everyone's like, no, he's just untucking his shirt. Well, no, he was untucking his cock, is what he was untucking, I, th- I think. But um, I-, I watched that clip and I thought, oh, that's what the film's going to be. It's 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 going to be just these, like, stunts. You know, it's going to be that kind of thing, but it's not at all. Like, that wasn't even one of the ten funniest bits of the film. Really, really, really good. I loved it, and I think people are going to enjoy watching it. But... Uh, but the the thing as well is, like, I was chatting to comedian friends about it, and I can't remember who said to me, they're like, it's almost, like, sad how good it is because no one's getting, like, no one's really able to make stuff at the minute, and you just watch that and go, that's just hilarious stuff, you know? Um, but I loved it. I, I thought it was so good. And also, I've been watching DuckTales. I got Disney+, Plus, and on Disney+, Plus, sponsor the podcast, you... You can watch anything basically Disney have ever made. And I never watched DuckTales at the time. And I don't know why I wrote off DuckTales. And now I'm like, I just watch DuckTales all the time. And I say I'm watching it with the baby. But the baby's three months. The baby doesn't know what, what is on TV. He just sees colours on television. But I say, I'm like, oh, me and him are just watching DuckTales. But he's not watching DuckTales. he watch anything. Uh, the only thing he likes is Four in a Bed and Channel 4. Like rating B and B's, that's he likes that a lot, but everything else is just like white noise to him. But Ducktales, did you watch Ducktales when you were younger? Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. so good. I think the one on Disney Plus is like a new version of it, right. but but they it still looks like the classic episodes, uh, which I like because uh, you know I remember watching a cartoon channel recently, and it was all like it's like it freaked me out because it was so like well animated to the point where it nearly looked realistic and I'm like, just give me the old cartoon style. Top Cat was my favourite cartoon. Top Cat was so good. And then, remember they made a film, but they they made like a Top Cat film, but like two years ago, or maybe a bit more, instead of making it in like California, through one of the big studios, like some Mexican company made it, and it's apparently like the worst the worst like cartoon film of all time but I don't know I haven't seen it before we do um, listeners questions one thing I want to do is and also by the way let me announce that we have a new sponsor doing the Friday episodes and listen we've got Manscaped on a Wednesday we've got a new sponsor on a Friday and a lot of podcasts would go let's just talk about them on the Friday episode because that's the one they're sponsoring but on the Tea With Me podcast when you sponsor the Tea With Me podcast you just become part of the you just you're just in the pot. You're in the pot. And Jupe Jupe Sweets. Jupe Jupe. Jupe Jupe Sweets are sponsoring the Friday episode of the podcast. And they sent us loads of class sweets and candy, you know? And uh, I think in the Friday episode, I could see us having some sweets. Like I could definitely see us having some sweets. So they're sponsoring the podcast. And um and that's great because I was actually, th- I think I said this on a Patreon episode recently or maybe the actual episode where I was saying like maybe we just go down to one episode a week now and then maybe do two for Patreon. And then I said this to producer Dan, I was like, 
maybe do one episode a week publicly now and two Patreon episodes. And he um he drove around to my house and like open hand hit my nose, you know, like you would do with a dog. And then he put a collar on me and a leash and he took me for a walk. And on that walk, he said, if you ever say that again, I will hurt you. And uh, no, he didn't. He just basically said, the, the listening figures for this are so high compared to what they started at and they get bigger all the time. So we're just, I think we just maybe are going to keep doing two episodes a week. I'm not too sure. But but that, so what I'm saying is, thanks. And if you ever want to sponsor an episode, tea with me podcast at gmail.com. Before I go into this thing that I want to do, which I think will be a little bit of fun, let me plug the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. On the, let me just double check that it is that, because sometimes I say the wrong one. Uh, but on the Patreon, you get a bonus episode that me and Dan do every week. You get my stand-up special from last year. You get the live episode. Yeah, tea with me. Patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. You get the live episode that we did with me, Dave, Kieran Bartlett, and then all the sippers were just getting involved as well, which was a lot of fun. And we are committing to doing one of those a month now for Patreon. So with Patreon, you're supporting the podcast, but what you're doing is just like buying more content that hopefully you already enjoy. So let's do this thing, which is an article that caught my eye recently. It's the Northern Ireland bucket list, the 25 best things to do in Northern Ireland. Now, I don't know if these will definitely be the 25 best things to do, but let's just go through it and see what people are saying. Number 25, a Game of Thrones tour. Um, Yeah, Northern Ireland is the home of Game of Thrones. Several tour companies explore all the major film and locations. Notable highlights include Winterfell Castle, the cave where Melisandre gives birth to a dark spirit, Renly's camp in the Stormlands, and the Iron Islands beach. Um, yeah, I don't think I would like to do a Game of Thrones tour for the purpose that, for the reason that I think there would be too many enthusiastic people doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, people who are just, like, I would do it if it was just me and, like, all my friends that like Game of Thrones. Like, you like Game of Thrones, Mike? I like Game of Thrones, I think we would enjoy that. But at the same time, I don't want to be on a bus and look around and have two people beside me from, I don't know, Russia or Congo that are fully done up in the in the Dothraki gear. Because I wouldn't like that. I would laugh at that at first, but then I'm like, oh, we're also on a four-hour journey with these people. You know, I don't want to turn around and see two people dressed up as Lannister soldiers and they're just sitting there with a pack lunch on their knee. You know, that's not the vibe I want. But I don't know. I mean, you got. I think the big tour companies that do this would be a lot of fun. But then I think there would also be some cowboys doing like, you know, on the sly Game of Thrones tours, just trying to hook in tourists. But it's boys who have never seen Game of Thrones. You know, guys on a guys on like an old minibus with no MOT, taking a bunch of <laughs> taking a bunch of Japanese people <laughs> up Lenadoon, being like, ah, this is uh, this is where uh, all the dragons and. All, all this, like, yeah, saying things that aren't in Game of Thrones, like, yes, mate, all the big, uh, all the big, <laughs> all the big demon horses and all, mate, they run around here, and this is where, uh, this is, this is, this is where, uh, you know, just, like, names wrong, this is where John Stone, this is where John Stone got shot, mate, <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys taking you down to the docks and being like, this is where John Snow got kneecapped. I, I, I don't know if he did get kneecapped. Guy's just taking it around. Yes, mate, this is where they filmed 
the majority of Game of Thrones. Is it because this is the car park at KFC Butcher? I don't know if this is where they film the majority of Game of Thrones. Just complete cowboys who just do like just a lap of, a lap of where they live, just because they can't be fucked taking you too far. So they just take they just take you round city centre, pointing out things. Yeah, made sure this is where the red wedding was. Uh, that looks like Nando's those on the Dublin Road. <laughs> yes, mate, that's where they filmed it. I don't know. Number twenty four, St George's Market. St George's Market is very good because you can I think Aaron Butler was talking about this in the podcast a couple of months ago St George's Market you can kind of get so many quirky things like it's the only place in the world within a 10 foot radius you can get it's the only place you can get you know prosciutto ham and a caricature of your dad at two stalls beside each other you know you can get you can get artisan fudge and a t-shirt that says Norn Iron. <laughs> I by the way, I know this is sly, right? I know this is sly to say. Um, but I hate slogan things up from here. Like, you know, t- I, you ever you ever like be in a shop and there's there's like a fifty year old dad at the till beside you and he's got a t shirt on that says at us nigh and you clock it and he looks at it and he goes, Oh, Look at that. And you're like, no, I don't like that. People, slogan t-shirts are the worst, but then again, I'm a hypocrite because when I was 14, I bought a t-shirt from Top Man that said, it's my duty to please that booty. And let me tell you, at 14, I was pleasing zero booties. <laughs> it was false advertising. Oh, Mike, do you remember the time we went to a guy from Tax House for like, you know, a night of drinking in Donegadee? And I wore a t- So I had a big jacket on because it was winter. And underneath it, I had a t-shirt. And I was like, what, 16? I had a, I had a t-shirt on it that said... Porn star wanted, inquire within. <laughs> it was a silhouette of a woman with a big set of tits, but you could see the nipples. And I misjudged the thing because when he said come round for drinks, I thought, oh, it's just going to be us young people there. Everyone will love this t shirt. And turned out it was a family party. And I walked out with that t shirt on of like the kitchen into the living room, wherever it was. And he stopped me and he was like, can you not wear that in front of my family? And I said, is it bad? And he's like, it says porn star wanted, inquire within. And it's it's a it's a busty woman with her boobs out. But we all make mistakes. It's one of those ones where, like, I didn't even know until someone pointed out to me that that was bad. And I've slagged slogan t-shirts and I was running about with a Diddy t-shirt on. Had one that said, you look like I need a drink. And, like, we army man sent to the pub. Oh, to the pub. If fine, please return to the pub. Yeah. I, I think I did a bit of stand-up whenever I was, like, 20. It never went anywhere or never was funny. Where, like, all my material when I was that age. Which is, uh, I used to do a bit about archaeologists digging up people our age in, like, a thousand years. And getting clues about, you know, us as people by our t-shirts. So you'd have archaeologists dig one of us up and look at our t-shirt and be like, we have found this man, we must return him to the pub. Or like, dig up this man and be like, we can tell his profession by his clothes was a female boob inspector. You know, what would that have entailed? FBI. Do you know, I remember whenever we went to tech, there was a popular t-shirt loads of people had, which was, I'm a bomb disposal expert. If you see me coming, run. Like, the worst, like, 
Like back then, like no one had personal, none of us had personality. So you relied on your t-shirt being funny and doing the work for you. You just pointed at your t-shirt. None of us had personalities. None of us had personalities. No. Number twenty-three, Clive Climb Sleeve Binion. Clive Sleeve Binion is a TV detective from Leeds. <laughs> Clive Sleeve Binion. <laughs> Hello, I'm Detective Clive Sleeve Binion. <laughs> the most beautiful peak in Northern Ireland. Uh, so I think Sleeve Binion is the one beside Sleeve Donard, and I think it's on this list because some people get to the wall. The wall. When they're going up Sleeve Donard, where you get... So if you go from Donard Park, you get up to Sleeve Donard, which if you don't know, if you're an international sipper, Sleeve Donard's the biggest peak in Northern Ireland. So you, you go up Sleeve Donard, or you go up to Sleeve Donard, you hit this big stone wall, and you can go left up to Sleeve Donard, which is the highest, or you can go right to Sleeve Binion, I think, which is not as high, but it's still pretty high. Um, I think this is on this list because a lot of people go, oh, that one looks actually even nicer, but it's just because you're fucked and you can't make it. Like, Stephen Nolan went one day, do you remember? He documented this on Twitter. Nolan was like, you know what? I'm going up Sleeve Donard, and he documented the whole thing. I think he was supposed to be on radio at like 10 o'clock that night. And he set up going up Sleeve Donard at like one, having never gone up a mountain before. And he posted a thing about he was struggling on his way up. And eventually he posted this picture at like six o'clock of him with like his hands up in the air of victory. He's like, I did it, I did it. And it was a picture of him at the wall, at the bottom of the peaks. And everyone's like, no, you, you didn't. Like you have to go, you have to go up to the peak. Like don't go, don't go that far and then not make it the rest of the way. And uh, spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure... Did he have to phone the the Mountain Rescue? No, 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 I don't think he had to phone the Mountain Rescue, but I think he I think he missed his radio show that night or there was something where, like, there was some major drama or, like, it was dark when he was going down or whatever. Um, I would have liked to... Have, I mean, I would definitely go rambling with Nolan, not a problem if he, if he wants to go up Sleep Donard. I like going up Donard with people who haven't done it. It's not that bad, but like the view on a clear day, the view from the top is smashing. Mike, you ever been up Sleep Donald? No. I wouldn't have thought you'd been up. I, I just think you, I don't think you're a mountaineering guy. The hotel at the bottom. You've been to the hotel at the bottom. All right, Ray, what's that guy called? Ranolf Fines. <laughs> I've been to the hotel. <laughs> uh, what? Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls, yeah. Yeah, Bear, remember Bear Grylls did like a world tour of the deadliest places on earth and he went to like the Amazon, he went to like the Rockies and then he did an episode in Donegal and he pretended he was stuck in a bog in one episode and in the background there's just like guys just walking about. There's just like fellas in the background smoking a pipe and he's like, I am deserted in the middle of nowhere and you're like, are you? Because I can see, I can see a cost cutter. I'm a quarter of a mile in the distance behind you. Um... So Clive Sleep Binion, I think, look, if you've done Donard, do Binion. Clive, I'm Clive Sleep Binion, and you're nicked. Um, I would say if you've done Sleep Donard, do Sleep Binion. But uh, there's another one, Krubub? I know what it's called. I know he's the UFC fighter. Um, <laughs> no, I think Krubub is that, is that UFC fighter for Conor McGregor. Um, Sleep Krubub, is that it? Croob, sleep croob, maybe it is. Um, yeah, I, I won't do that one because I haven't done that. Number 22, the, the Dairy Walls, Dairy. Um, yeah, 
But if you're there, you know what I mean? I don't think Derry walls are worth a trip to Derry to see the walls unless you're 68. I think if you're there, definitely take a nice walk around the walls. Look at the cannons. If you have an old cannonball, stick it in. Might be a bit of fun. Um, Yeah, Derry walls are fine. Number 21, the SSE Arena, Belfast, to catch a Giants game. I mean, this is this is a bucket list thing, so I don't know if... I, I think you'll have a good time, for sure. I've been to a Giants game. It's it's enjoyable to see a sport I don't know a lot about and used to get fellas digging the head off each other, but I don't know if it's something you need to see before you... I don't know if I would ever be on my deathbed if I hadn't been to see a Giants game. I don't know if I would ever be in, hopefully, decades and decades time surrounded by my family. I don't know if I would say, come closer... I have one regret. And they go, what is it, Grandma? What's your regret? Your hair on your TV show? And I go, no, fuck you. And I would say, I never saw a Giants game. You know, I don't know if that would be a big one, but yeah. And I think this list is lazy because number 20 is Kingspan Stadium for an Ulster rugby game. I mean, again, these are good things, but they're not things you need to do before you die. And number 19 is Carrick Fergus Castle. And again, that's one of those ones, like in this picture, it looks beautiful. But, no, ca- do you know what? Castles are fun. I'd like to do an episode of this. Can we do an episode of this from a castle? Shane's castle? <gasps> Can we do an episode in Shane's castle? Does anyone listening have contacts in Shane's castle in Antrim? And can we go and do an episode in Shane's castle? I'd really like that. Sippers, please get on it and make that happen. I would appreciate it. Um, Ulster American Folk Park. So, I, stuff like that is a really good day out, I think. But I don't like things like that and the Folk and Transport Museum that have people, actors, acting as people from that time. Because I don't like that because you're not. You know, and I get the kids and all like that and it's maybe fun. But at the same time, I don't like walking into a wee thatch cottage in the Ulster American Folk Park and then some woman sitting by a fire with a big bonnet tied around her head and she's sewing and she's like, uh, you know, I, you know, she's like, my children live in this, you know, eight of us live in this house, you know, and I churn butter during the day and I'm like, well, I saw you drive here in this Nissan Micra. I saw you in the car park. I saw you in the car park playing crazy birds on your phone and also, and, and also, you know, there's a Cafe Nero croissant down beside you and a, and a hot chocolate, so you're not from this time and don't do that because it's weird. It's weird. What you should say is, I am like someone who would be from that time. Don't say you're from that time. Because I, I I don't like it. I know somebody, and that somebody is me, who went to the Ulster American Folk Park before and didn't realise that there was the other half <laughs> of it when you go in the boat and make it to the new world. What do you mean you didn't know there's another half to it? You know, where you like go through the boat and you make it to America? Yeah, yeah. Only the, only saw all the, the drudgery and the family. Oh, so you never got to see the... That is the most <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. you get over to America and it's class, you know, everyone's class, everyone's having a good time. Discovered that, yeah. Oh, wow. It's weird. You spend a lot of time in the Ulster American Folk Park. Number 17, go to the Northwest 200. Um, I've been to the Northwest 200 many times because my dad was a motorbike racer and he took me to a lot of races. And, you know, here's the thing. It's definitely good to go to, for sure. But more, I'd say, for the social side of it. You know, people go to the races, they have a drink... Actually, probably the best bit is walking around the pits. The pits is uh, is where like all the teams are set up, where all the bikes are being worked on, and all the riders are walking about. And that is actually class because you see like the big teams, like 
you know, Kawasaki or Honda or whoever, um, who have like all top of the range, you know, technology. They've got about four bikes sitting there. Uh, they've like even things like they're maybe sponsored by an energy drinks company. So you've got like these big fridges, and then the more you walk out to the fringes of the pits, you just see guys who are like, you know, doing their their their, their own mechanics, or they're just working out of a small van. And it's just them and like a friend or an uncle or, or whatever. That's always really interesting to see to be like, you know, there's boys racing here at these speeds that are literally just doing it all themselves, you know. Um, but the actual racing, it's hard because if you sit, say, like in a grandstand and watch it, I don't know. I just find that like everyone goes past you in the flick of a switch. So you're not really getting the... I like to like continuously watch sport like a game of football or whatever because I like to always have something happening. Whereas with road racing, and people will be like, fuck, you're absolutely wrong about this. Road racing, it's like you, you get to see such an intense flash of sport for a split second, but then you got to wait like a couple of minutes for it to happen again. And I know some people, a lot, like my dad, like, love it. But the best, the best thing I did when I went to watch racing, I don't know if it was the Northwest, might, might have been the Ulster Grand Prix, was we almost like stood in this ditch um, with loads of people and your head is like at eye level with the road and they're narrow country roads and the bikes go literally past your face and that was when I went, because I'd been to races before, I was like, it's this is fine, it's not really a sport I'm into but then whenever I went and saw that, I was like, God, I can now appreciate just how fast they're going and how nuts this is. Number 16, Rathlin Island. If if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, you know I love Rathlin. You know I've been over there to gig quite a lot. It's an actual island off the coast of Ballycastle. It's beautiful. Four miles by six miles. Population about 100 people. And I think I've done about five or six gigs there. And I love it. Love the people. Um, all of it. It's really real. That That is actually something everybody from here should do. Not at the same time and not at the minute because... That would just be irresponsible. <laughs> 1.4 million people <laughs> making their way over. Uh, they, they think they were being invaded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Ring ahead before you come over. But uh, oh, we had some great gigs there. I remember going over with... So I would like bring comedians over for like comedy nights. And me, Dave, Aaron McCann, Colin Geddes, Rory Woods, Aaron Butler went over about like two two three years ago and when we were on the ferry over there uh, are really nice people that have a b&b like right where the ferry leaves you off and we were staying in in the hostel but i'd stayed in the b&b before so they saw us coming they saw me and they went out and met me and were like they only met me once and the guy was like here here's the keys of my car He's like, take your mates around the island if they want to... Because I think it was maybe about to rain or something. He's like, take your mates around the island if they want to see it all and sure, just throw the car back to the driveway. Um, So I was like, yeah, that'd be class. And the boys jumped into the car. Some of them walked back to the hostel. And I think me, Kieran, and a couple other... Aaron, maybe, and somebody else, and Rory, we, uh, we got in the car and I drove them around the island. Now, a lot of the island is like very, very narrow, windy roads and uh, it's like kind of middle of nowhere because some parts of the island are like pretty densely populated and then when you get outside of that it's very very sporadic 
So we were going up this hill on like the far side of the island and I'm driving this like really old Peugeot and the road is just all stones but like really spiky stones. So I stick it into first and I'm driving really slow. I'm having to give it loads of revs to get up this hill and I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't go any faster. So I just have it in first and I rev for like an, over a mile and we're going up this hill and it was like a cartoon so it's like, me, Aaron, Rory Woods, and Kieran, I think, and we go up this hill in this clapped out car, and then the timing belt I I knew just just went, and we 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 had gone up this hill, and then like a cartoon, we just kind of all looked at each other and the rev stopped, and then we were like, ah, we're just traveling backwards now, and we just started going back really slowly down this hill, picking up pace. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. So I had to just, I had to just, I think we drove, I think I reversed about a mile down a really steep hill, like really, really slowly. And then I got it turned and then I had to drive it back to this B&B where the people had given me their car. Um, I had to drive it back with the timing belt broke. So the steering was fucked. And I like, it was like a like a film or something because I just got it to their driveway. It was like making this big noise and I knew the timing belt was gone and I got it back to their driveway and we all piled out and I had to just like throw the guy the keys and be like, your car now doesn't work. As He's like, oh, is there a problem with her? And I was like, the problem is the car no longer works and never will work again. And I felt, I was like, I'm going to have to buy this man a new car. I was like, you know, how much is it going to cost to get the car off the island? I'm going to have to pay for repairs. I'm going to get it sent back. And this is what the people at Rathlin are like. I was like, I am so sorry. I was like, listen, let me know how much I owe you. I'm so sorry. I was like, I just I was trying to navigate that hill. And he's like, do you know what? On the island, because they're not really driving forever at all, he's like, we just buy like, no one buys like top of the range cars. He's like, you just buy like a runaround car, um, and we buy them for like really cheap and then you can sort of sell them as scrap and then you just get something else at around the same price. So I was like, what do I owe you? He's like, ah, I'll just get a new car. Uh, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I'll just spend like 250 quid, get a new car. But he's like, I'll get like 250 quid for this. And I was like, all right. And that is Rathlin. That is Rathlin. It's class and I really want to go back. And I think... I think if you're like a writer or a creative or anything like that and you're like working on something, like I'm working on a script at the minute and it's hard to like get in the frame of mind to do it with so much going on. But if you have the opportunity to go to Rathlin and stay in like a cottage or whatever, go and do that. It's class. I can't recommend Rathlin enough. I'll fire through one or two more of these. In fact, you know what? We'll continue this. We'll continue this another time because I've got so many listeners' questions. So let's just get... In- oh, and my hand fell off the side of that armrest. Okay, we got quite By the way, that's another good sign because whenever I used to put the call out for questions, sometimes you got like one or two questions and people are just asking a lot of, you know, a lot of questions these days, which, which is great. Uh, Corey says, what's the biggest mammal you think you could single-handedly sell a tape to a lamppost? What are some mammals? Mammals. Um, it depends because if the animal like was was up for you doing that, I don't know if there's a mammal I could a, a, a whale is a whale mammal. I think te- yeah, that's one of those ones where technically it is single handedly. 
Oh, single-handedly, yeah. Um, let me see, let me see a chart of... Okay, yeah, mammals, mammals. Um, single-handedly, but is the animal, like, playing ball? Stunned. <laughs> a stunned animal? What, st- <laughs> what sort of stunned animal could I single-handedly sell it to a lamppost? Um... Walrus? No, walrus would be so heavy. Um, I think a big, a big, big fat otter. <laughs> a big fat otter. Um, or a very, very, very small zebra. Mel, Mel says, Woolworths are apparently making a comeback. Did North Down have one? If so, what was your favourite pick and mix or fun size drink? Um, certainly Hollywood never had a, a Woolworths. <laughs> Don't be silly. Um, no, Woolworths would not have gone down well here because one thing people in Hollywood do not appreciate is value. Okay, we don't like savings. We don't like value. Um, but Banger would have had. Banger had, yeah, Banger did. I, yeah, Banger did have a, a Woolworths. I think I used to buy CD singles out of it when I was like 14 because I was cool. I think I used to go in and get a pick a mix in 21 seconds by So Solid Crew. Um, Woolworths making a comeback. I mean, why? Why is it? You know, the pick and mix was good, but um, I don't know. Didn't yeah, Arge probably had a Woolworths too, but Hollywood definitely. Hollywood. What I like about one thing I really like about Hollywood because it's the best city, best town in the world, and she based it all. Um, what I like is that there's not many chains of businesses here. You know, it's a wee bit like the old town of Edinburgh in a way, which is one reason I like that city. Um, in that it's a lot of like independent shops, it's quirky kind of smaller places. Um, but Woolworths, if you are thinking of making a comeback, you're thinking of coming back to Hollywood, fuck off. <laughs> Philip Wilson says, just this, doesn't make sense. He goes, why so lonely? Philip, I don't know if you're asking why am I so lonely or... Um, I, 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 I don't understand. Um, so I can't answer that, but, um, I am not lonely because I have at least seven friends and we have at least seven listeners. So I think I'm doing all right. Uh, hey man, I don't understand the question. Lonely child? No, it was too long ago. Stand up. Should be a very niche reference, Philip. If it's you saying that you're so lonely, um, you'll be okay. Like, don't. I think during the time of pandemic, people can feel lonely. But what I would do, Philip, is um, just reflect. Take this time to reflect and see, uh, you know, what you can what you can do to not be lonely. So I don't know. But you're listen. If you listen to the podcast, you're you're one of the sippers. So don't feel lonely, man. Mark McCann says, have you ever considered plastic surgery? Um, a, qu- a question to ask a close friend, a great conversation starter. Have I ever considered plastic surgery? Um, not plastic surgery, but I did consider getting my ears pinned back whenever I was a child in school, which is always a good thing to be in school. Um, yeah, my ears were big and I haven't considered plastic surgery. I do actually have quite a lot of wrinkles around my eyes. Isn't it good that I, I can always poke fun at my physical appearance? Isn't that good? Because, you know, a lot of people will be like, you know, you're such a good looking guy, like, 
you know, do you take yourself so seriously because you are like obviously being very attractive. It's good that and it's good that a humble guy like me can make fun about his physical appearance. Even like because a lot of people go, Oh, your appearance is the only thing you got going for you because you know you look like you should be modeling, I don't know, Tommy Hill figure or whatever, but you're a comedian. But I actually really when you break it down, I'm not really a good looking guy. But sometimes I can bear because here's the thing, I've talked about this before. I keep my head busy. I move around a lot. Like, I never really keep my head still. I never really let people see me face on. Like, a lot of times I'm at an angle. I know how to make the lighting work for me. I know how to contour. Um, but have I ever considered plastic surgery? I haven't considered plastic surgery. But for sure, um, I would, if I was balding, I would definitely um, go to Turkey, like the paramilitaries, and get my hair done, 100%. I go to Rishi Sunak in Turkey and get my hair done. Um, Stones Mullet says, "Oh, Michael Stones Mullet, um, <laughs> which is the Twitter account we never knew we needed." <laughs> it's <laughs> it's looking like. Do you know who we are as as a society with with COVID and and all this stuff and social distancing and the economy? We are as a country, as a people, we are Michael Stones stuck in that revolving door of Stormont. Just like, just like hanging in the door, you know, like having been twatted on the head with a baton by a female security guard. We are, Northern, the Northern Irish people are Michael Stone stuck in the revolving door of Stormont going, ah, bollocks, I didn't think us through. Like, we had the best intentions, like Michael Stone, I'm not saying he, but in his mind, he was like, what I'm going to do is get in here kill some politicians, even though he said it was performance art. But what happened is, he couldn't negotiate a revolving door. And that's us. I mean, COVID at the start just felt like going through a revolving door. It's like, look, we're going to have to do it. Shouldn't take us too long. We'll be on the other side in no time. And we're still just, you know, hanging in that door with one security guard holding her arm and a female security officer in Stormont having just absolutely mugged us. With a with a button to the head, you know. Um, Mark Graham says, "Okay, are you joining the Waffle Podcast? Um, when's the joining date? Um, I will definitely do an episode of the Waffle Irish League podcast. But as we have already established on this podcast, we will be doing down the line some sort of spin-off Irish League limited run of podcasts. Um." So I've already signed for another team, basically. Martin O'Neill, does Marty's Pizza deliver to Pole Glass? Uh, cheap pizza. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say we Marty would deliver to Pole Glass if the, you know, definitely if it was an attractive lady who'd placed the order, he would definitely, like, head over there. Um, Michael Thompson says, are you taking the wee cub trick-or-treating this year? Um... I presume talking about Dave Elliott. No, I'm not because, um, you know, I don't think with social distancing people can trick or treat this year. But I do know that one year, me and my cousin went trick or treating, and I do know we made over twenty quid. And I do know because he thought I was too young, because he was, even though he was only a year older than me, I think he thought that I didn't really know what money was, and I think he gave me like a couple of coins, and he's like, "This is half," and I remember thinking, "This is about seventy-five p." So I'm still owed a lot of money by that. Um, do, you know, do you know what the worst thing is? When people go trick-or-treating and they just say trick-or-treat, you got to do 
Halloween's coming and the goose is getting fat. Will you please put a penny in the old man's hat? If you haven't got a penny, a hypney will do. If you haven't got a hypney, God bless you. If you come to my house and just say trick or treat, I'll be honest, I'll slam your head off my door. But if you come and you deliver a song with a little bit of flair, maybe you, you know vibe a little bit to it, you will get yourself 20p in an apple. Not a problem. What about when you call to someone's house and they give you 10p in an apple? The fuck are you doing? Give me cash. Give me cash. Where are the notes at? But then looking back with hindsight, you were always a bit suspicious if someone did give you too much money. You're like, what are you trying to get out of this? Craig Murdoch, how's Desi Buckets getting on this season? And is his sack back to full health or is he still feeling it? <laughs> uh, I love when people give niche Keith Cruz metaphors. Um, Desi Buckets ripped, yeah, that's right, Desi Buckets ripped this ball back. Um, he's had it sewn up. Uh, but he's having to ice it, and he's hoping to he's hoping to earn himself a contract with Immaculata Thirds. Pierce Doherty, have you watched the new Borat? Yes, loved it. Alan Armstrong, Phil Soda, or Phil Bap? I married you, pervert. Matthew, if you had know, known how 2020 would pan out, would you have done anything differently in preparation? i.e. not done all your lockdown jobs around the house in the first week. Well, Matthew, instead of doing that, I probably would have given people heads up. <laughs> I, probably, I probably would have made a few phone calls and been like, listen, what we need to do is close the borders. What we need to do is phone China and say, listen, put the bats down because this is going to kick off. Um, would I have done anything differently in preparation? No, well, no, because the week I painted the fence in the first week of like lockdown and all that, the weather was unreal. So, what would I have done differently in preparation? Um, I don't know. It's been all right. You know, I made the point in this podcast that you know it's obviously a terrible time, like for like everyone is having struggles of some sort. But you know, got to do shows. Can't comp- what I would have done in a serious one is probably filmed more stuff before but then you would never you would never know and then a film stuff during it so I, I don't know Jude Ellie I would have invested in PPE if I had not known I would have found the top PPE companies in the world and invested all my money in it Jude Elliott what's the biggest animal you could beat in a fight fuck's sake um, probably a big fat otter as long as he was self-taped to a lamppost and just keep punching his head Mo says would you rather eat all of your toes or only half of your fingers Half of my fingers. Because if you don't, if you didn't have uh, any of your toes, you wouldn't be able to walk. But you don't need half your. You don't probably need the top half of your fingers, do you? Well. Does it mean half? Oh yes. Do you mean two and a half of my fingers or half of every finger? Because I probably want to eat half of every finger. I would say. This is highbrow content. Robbie Purdy's going to save us though. What's your opinion on buttered digestive biscuits? Well, I think they are a snack exclusively for perverts. Buttered digestive bit. If you butter your digestive biscuit, you belong in a very specialised unit of McAlbury. Because what are you doing buttering your digestives? I think it's disgusting. Um, I think it should have a minimum 10-year custodial sentence. And I think anyone who does that also watches animal porn. 
Ross McKenzie, Cookstown or Danny sausages? Hey man, I think you mean Danny, but uh, I don't know who this guy Danny is, slinging sausages around the province, but I'll go Cookstown, because Danny, who shows up in a van selling sausages, sounds like a right dodgy bastard. Um, but I don't, even, I don't even eat sausages anymore, man, so... But Cookstown are, are good. Robert, what do you think of Scooter's new 2020 song? First we save, rave, then the world. I, I don't know. Scooter has a new song. I sent Scooter a message a couple of months ago on Instagram to get him on the podcast, but he didn't ever reply to it, so Scooter can go fuck unless he does do the podcast. Scooter, 2020 song. Scooter has a song called Fuck. It's called FCK 2020. Very smart, like what you did there. Um, let me see. Scooter. I mean, it's a different sound for him anyway, and definitely not just him talking over a beat quite loud. Yeah! I mean, one thing I'd say about it is, it's fucking brilliant. I mean, a lot of what Scooter is doing is just kind of saying things that I don't think he's thought of beforehand. Over a beat. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? It must be Dave. He's on the train. What do I want to get you? What do I want to get you? Yeah! You know, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's a wordsmith, but I think he knows his way around a beat. And I like him. And I like that he has never aged. And I, I, But I don't like that he never responded to me trying to get him on the podcast. But yeah, it's a tune. I like that Scooter's back. I don't know where he's been, but I would like to collab with him in some way. Um... Hang on now. Hang on now. Hang on a wee second here. Might be a few people using dirty language here because that goes into a wee separate one. Uh, R. McLean says, Why does everyone outside Belfast buck their cars? Something to do. Warm. You know, if you've driven it somewhere, the exhaust is going to be nice and warm. Remember that documentary about the guy who fucked his car? Can we get some of that video for next week? For Friday, let's do it. Let's get a little bit of that video and we can talk about it. Um... Fletch82 says, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Hashtag, hashtag ask Shane. Um, oh, fuck. I had done a gig in Lurgan. Uh, that's not the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. And it was one of my... I have been doing stand-up for that long. And I was trying to do some joke where I was talking about paramilitaries. So I list... In the, in whatever the joke was in it, I list some paramilitaries. So I'm like, UDA, UVF, IRA, blah, blah, blah. The next night, I was in Belfast on a night out, and I was walking to meet friends, and I passed the, the Northern Wig. And it was around election time, and there was some bouncers chatting, just amongst themselves, and I happened to walk past, and over here, and I heard the guy talking, and he goes, you know, DUP, Sinn Féin, SDLP, UUP. And for some mad reason, in my head, I thought he was quoting my joke that I did live in Lurgan the night before. I thought he'd been at the gig and he was telling the rest of the bouncers about a funny joke he heard. But at the time, I didn't realise he wasn't saying paramilitaries, he was saying, talking about political parties. And a lot of times, they cross over. But I didn't just walk past and go, oh, he must have seen my show. I stopped and went... 
were you at the show? And this bouncer turned around and went, what? And I said, oh, were you at the show last night in Lurgan? And he said, <laughs> bear in mind, he was just talking to his mate about the elections. And he said, fuck away off. And I then realised he hadn't quoted what I was talking about. And then I was like, but also, if he had just been listing paramilitaries, maybe he was talking about something else and not one of the 11 people that was at the gig I did in the cellar bar in Lurgan. That was that was the one of the worst of all time. And someone else said they knew me once. I know you, I know you. And I said, have you seen my videos? And they knew me from living in Hollywood or some like years before I did videos. And the Carlsberg video I did a couple of weeks ago was based on, on that. The fact someone's like, I know your face. And I'm like, oh, here we go. But it's something else. Um, Daniel McTiernan, why do you hate Dave Elliott so much? Um, just because he's a horrible man. He's a horrible guy and he's a Judas and I hate him. Andy, if your granny had balls, would she really be your granda? Um, no. If my granny had balls, she because my granda had balls, so my granny would just be my granny, but also additionally having balls additionally to my granda. You know, it would just be two grandparents, four balls. Um, I think my granny used to say, not that phrase, but she would go, when I was a wee lad, my granny used to say it all the time whenever I was a kid, and I never, I always thought that my granny had been a wee lad as well as being a wee girl for a period of her life, but not in like a, um, what would you say, like a transition way. I, in my head, I was like, maybe some people, as a kid, I was like, maybe, I never thought about this since, I was like, maybe some people get to live as both genders when like old, old maybe that was something they did in olden days it was really weird um that i that i thought that and only didn't think that up until about a year and a half ago um connor diver how long did it take to do each episode of the tv show cheers no cheers to you connor um i appreciate the question my man it took about to do the actual studio stuff it took about f- three or four hours to do each episode um, because I would watch the clip and then I had a script. So, because th- we went from a crew of about 35 down to a crew of one, it meant everything was a lot quicker because you're not waiting on this guy to do his job so this guy can do his, and you're not waiting on this guy to tell him, yep, I'm sorted with this. It's just you and one person. So, it was a lot, it was a lot quicker. So, I think we did three studio days for three episodes and then another day for additional sketches that were filmed outside the studio and then I probably spent in total like two hours doing voiceover clips from home. So anytime you see me doing a voiceover to an old archive bit of clip, I just did that in my living room, which is pretty mad when you think that it's an actual BBC TV show. Um, So I don't know whether that's way longer than you thought or way shorter, but I think ordinarily, like when we did the pilot episode for a 25-minute episode... It was hours and hours and hours because it's the first time we've done it. Uh, Carl Cunningham says, do you think you would be able to co-commentate on one of the Irish League matches and how do we make it happen? I would love to co-commentate one of the Irish League matches because BBC do brilliant coverage. Um, and even like, I know a lot of the Irish League clubs are doing their own stream of the game and doing like commentary and all that kind of thing. So I'm up for it. If any Irish League club want me to come and commentate on a game, you know, to be, like, not the main commentator, but the... Yeah, if any Irish League club 
want me as Keith Cruz to commentate on a live Irish League game on your stream, I'll do it for free. So the offers out there, any Irish League club, want me to do it in the next wee while, I'll come, I'll commentate in the game, and uh, and I would I would love to do that because I put out a tweet about the BBC coverage like the week before, being like, this is so good, showing Irish League games. I love Irish League, but because I play football on Saturdays, I never get to see Irish League matches. So getting to watch it, like I watch Irish League over the Premiership at the minute, um, that's class. But at half time in the games, there's just like a card of like who's playing and and like elevator music. So I would love to like make stuff to be shown on BBC at half time of the game, like Keith Cruz sketches, Bunter sketches, all that kind of thing. So the offers out there, if any Irish League club want me to, in exchange for a load of training gear, if they want me to come and commentate in the game, I would I would love to. Dawson Clelland, would you rather fight off one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? The number one podcast question of all time. The most asked podcast question ever on any podcast. Um, I'd rather fight a, a, a horse-sized duck, probably. Because um, I don't think they'd move that well because they're big web feet, so I'd just stand the web feet and just smack his beak. Um... Yeah, this is weird. There, there's an account soothing, soothing yoga voice, who just commented on one of my posts recently and just kept incessantly asking like, why was I verified on Instagram and why are they not verified? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why you're asking me that. Uh, and why am I verified? Because, because I'm cute. <laughs> I think I'm verified because I'm killing it. Um, I think I'm verified just because. You know, there have been fake accounts set. I don't know why this thing happened, but loads of fake social media accounts got set up for loads of comedians where it was like 100 grand cash giveaway. And I had to report so many accounts. It happened to Colin Geddes. I think it happened to some other people I know as well. So um, maybe they're clamping down on that. I don't know. But from looking at your profile, you've got 396 followers. Uh, your profile picture is a picture of a dog. I I think you're not verified because that might seem to people to be boring, and I'm not one of them. But I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know. What's the first com- comedy gig you went to? Live was probably the Empire when I was about sixteen. When we were at Tech. I remember going to see the comedy at the Empire and being blown away and being like. These people are from here, a few of them, and they're doing stand-up. I didn't know you could, so that kind of fueled my desire to 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 do stand-up. Cheers for the question. Dane Carroll says, you going trick-or-treating and what's your favourite sweet? I've answered trick-or-treating, but my favourite sweet? I wouldn't say it's my favourite, but you know what I can definitely appreciate? Uh, 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 blackjack. We blackjacks? We fruit salad and we blackjack? Very 1995. Yeah, blackjacks are, are good. James Wilkinson, if you were sent to jail, what crime would it be for and how would you survive your time inside? I'd survive my time inside by just keep working out like I am doing and I wouldn't take any shit. And <laughs> I would say that, walk in and go, here, I'm not taking any shit. Um, what crime would it be for? Um, probably crimes against hairstyling, if you watch the pilot on my show or saw any of the promo images. Uh, crimes against fashion, maybe. Something very fashionable. Um, Matthew Mernon, talk about Guinness, not 0.0%, 0.0%. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it seems very logical. And like, why has that not been a thing? Because there's so many alcohol-free beers. People want to drive, but they want to have a beer. I don't know. As long as the taste is good, then it's good. But Guinness is such a particular taste. Like, I love Guinness. But such a particular taste that I think it'd be hard to replicate without alcohol because any beer I've had, like alcohol-free, that isn't the, doesn't taste like the beer it's supposed to be, if that makes sense, apart from Peroni. But gluten-free Peroni gave me a hangover for two days. Um, Very recently. I had two bottles of it and honestly had a day-long hangover. So, but it, do, it it tastes very, very good. It's a nice taste in gluten-free beer fat. Um, Peter Wood says, what's your favourite thing to do in Balnehinch? Um Probably purchasing myself some gluten-free hobnobs in Carlisle's garage. Um, and that's just a very literal answer to that. Okay, okay. Uh Oh, that's funny. Jenny says, um, Shane, could you maybe do me a favour and stop interviewing all the girls from Methody class of 2010? (laughs) Making me feel like I've done nothing in my life in the last 10 years. Seeing all my classmates doing so well. Cheers. Only missing. Love the podcast. Um, Just wish I was an MMA fighter or a Broadway actress so I could get on the pod. All right, so we're Christina Bennington, the actress on the podcast last week, who must have been the same year as Liam McCourt, Bellator MMA fighter. So... Yeah, I didn't realise that they must have been the same year in school. So, uh, yeah, Jenny, how paranoid would you be if just I literally had everybody from your year in school on the podcast, but not you? You'd have a complex. Jenny, do something mad. Get yourself well-known. Get yourself on the podcast. Maybe you're already well-known and I don't know about it. Do a stunt. You know what I mean? Like, can't could, If you were to break the land speed record on a BMX, I'd definitely have you on the podcast because I'd have a lot of questions about that. Luke says, what's your order from the poke van? Um, well, the thing about poke vans, which is ice cream vans for people outside of Belfast, ice cream vans, whenever I was younger, in uh, in the estate out the road here, the ice cream man you would find, like, would, you know, you had, you had your ice cream man, right? I think the ice cream man here was called Robert. Maybe you're Robert the ice cream man. Who's a one of the a legendary ice cream man? Killed it. Unbelievable. Really good ice cream. But then you would get another ice cream fan that like once a month would put into the estate. And that fella sold everything apart from ice cream. Like I remember going to him once and being like, Alright, mate, could I get a 99 and a can of Coke? And he's like, fuck are you talking about? You, you, what I can give you is a bottle of Glen's vodka and a Man United top with sheer nine on the back. You know, and I, and I and I was like, Alan Shearer doesn't play for Man United, and he's like, and nobody will, kid. That's how dodgy ice cream men were. He thought he had the inside scoop on English Premier League transfers. So you could buy any... You know, there was ice cream men running about. There was legit ice cream men, and then there was ice cream men running about selling, you know... Selling knockoff, knock-off copies of Flubber 2. And out of the way ice cream dispenser, it wasn't ice cream. It was just tenants. You know, ice cream men selling pints to eight-year-old kids. Um, but my order from the Pope Ban, by order, Bumpa Pope Ban, would have been a 99 uh, with a flake in it and we got a strawberry sauce. Shh, cheeky. Jack Hoare, who would you last longer in a fight with? 
Conor McGregor or Khabib. I'd probably take both of them about three rounds, but I would say... I would say it last longer with Khabib because McGregor would probably just kick my head off my shoulders and Khabib could do that if he wanted, in fairness, but he would wrestle me to the ground and then he would just maul me. But that would take, I think, a couple of seconds longer. But I don't know, like, if I... I think if I moves well enough, I could maybe get... I think I could submit McGregor and probably knock out Khabib. Kim McGivern, if you were stranded in Uri and you were only allowed one item, what would it be? Um... Uh, if I was stranded in your, my car because then I wouldn't be stranded in your anymore and I could drive back to my house but maybe I would want to do something in your like maybe I'd want to there's actually a nice wee garage in the way out in your towards Belfast like nice wee garage you know and, and if I'm gigging in your I stop at that garage on the way home and I get a cup of tea and a biscuit Um, I need to pee and there's loads of questions here so I'm going to just rifle through these Aaron McCauley how long until we see you commentate in Irish League games this season as Keith Cruz yourself. Yes, this is a movement. A movement that started Irish League clubs. Listen to me. Linfield, Glen Torren, Glen Avon, Dungannon Swifts, Portadown, Warren Point, Cliftonville, Crusaders, Coleraine, Ballymena United, Carrick. I think that might be them all, but if I've left one out, the fans from that club will get extra annoyed. Get me on. I'm going to commentate in the game. You've got the option. I'll commentate as myself and I'll do it semi-seriously or I'll do it in full Keith Cruz mode. Whatever you want. Dara says, What's happening, Shane? Found a photo of me and you from when I was 16. <sighs> My question is, how was your service in the restaurant that... Oh, thank God. How was your question in the restaurant that day that the photo was taken? If it was horrible, don't be afraid to say as the place is no longer in operation. I think, is that place... Ah, that was in St. George's Market where I got a fry. Um, Dara, the service was good, mate. I think you did a fine job. And um, I had a good time. So, um, yes, you you deserved the sizable £1.25 tip that I gave you. No, it was good, mate. Um, Ruben Wilson, what celebrities have you met? All of them. Next. <laughs> Who haven't I met? Cliff Richard Nick who would your ideal or realistic guest who would your ideal realistic guest be I think every guest is in a way realistic because if you don't ask you don't get like when I asked Snoop Dogg to do an episode but I called him Jamie because I copied and pasted a message from Jamie Foxx and now people know that and then I said hey when you're asking a question just call me Jamie just say hey Jamie and people started doing it and every time I see that it makes me laugh but no one's off the table like look I've tried to get Scooter, I've tried to get Snoop Dogg. There's no one I wouldn't try and get. In fact, I floated the idea of getting a, a very prominent ex-paramilitary member on the podcast. And I said to Dan, is this a good idea? And in his role as producer, he said no. <laughs> I said, should we get this guy on? Because he'd have a story or two to tell. And he said, no, we shouldn't. And then I said, but for what reason? And he named 15 reasons. And I went, fair. Maria Quinn, since we're in lockdown and everyone's supporting local, who or what local companies would you recommend or support yourself? Um, loads. None more so than MichaelFoster.tv. I'm looking at him. He's doing your video work. He's making you a nice video of whatever you want. you got a business. You want a really nice video done. Or if you're just an individual and you're like, listen, 
I am a guy from Helen's Bay, but I want to be a K-pop star, like Korean pop star, and you've written an original song, you want to shoot a video down Helen's Bay Beach of you with dyed blue hair in um, like a PVC tracksuit doing moves in Helen's Bay Beach, like a foster.tv, and that, weirdly that's his real name, will come down, he'll shoot it, and you'll enjoy it, you'll have a nice time. Um, loads of places, I'm not actually going to specifically name place off the top of my head, but I do honestly like to support local. That's the thing. I mean, I'll still, don't get me wrong, still go to the odd Nero, go to the odd Starbucks. But when I buy teas and coffees, we have so many brilliant places in Hollywood here. We've got the Bay Tree right under us. We've got Coffee Yard. We've got Homebird. We've got Edge Coffee. Um, there's, there's Alexander's. There's so many businesses I love here in Hollywood. Because Hollywood's a small town. And, uh, and sometimes... Corporate, like big bigger businesses come in, they don't last because people go. I, I I know what I like. Ors butchers, Stevie and Jerry, Darren, the best guys in the world. Ors is brilliant. So I I I love supporting local and I love my town because it's the best town in the world. Uh, okay, that's the end of the questions. But but I got a message from Autism Ni who have said, Shane, hope you're well. We're having a virtual glow walk on the 7th of November. Uh, love it if you could um, maybe mention that for us. Our fundraising struggled during the pandemic and this is a great event to get our autism community together. Families can sign up for free for a free glow pack by visiting autismni.org. Um, we'd appreciate your help. Well, guys, hopefully that, that does help. We're getting that message out there to the sippers. Uh, autismni.org. If you uh, if you want to get involved with that, um, autism and I probably don't even know this, but my sister is autistic, so I think that is a that's a great cause. Um, I'll go do some reading about it, see what you guys are doing. Uh, a light light the night in a fun five k walk. So they're doing it virtually, which is probably a, a a class family idea. Saturday seventh of November twenty twenty. Um, so you go. We'll put a we'll put a description for that in the in the link of the podcast. And I wish you the best of luck with with your event. Also, we d- we were doing char- loads more charity aids like that over lockdown. People doing fundraising. If you're doing an individual thing or whatever, um, if you have anything you want us to mention on the podcast, tea with me podcast at gmail.com. Um, send me it and we'll read it out and we'll put it in the description of the podcast and all that. Separate before we go, patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. If you want to support the podcast, get some extra content, you do that there. Um, also, manscaped.com, tea with me for 20% off and free shipping. Michael Films podcast, um, michaelfoster.tv. Nearly give his email address there. Like his personal one. Um, so, michaelfoster.tv. If you do want to, if you are a business in lockdown, going, listen, we need to get the word out there. We need to, we're making, we're doing something cool over lockdown. Document it. Get the big guy to do it. Um, Sippers, thanks very much for listening and watching the podcast. You know, if you want any merch, we've got tea with me mugs. We've got sipper t-shirts, money toad t-shirts, which I actually need to get myself one of each to wear on the podcast. Shopify.com, Shane Todd Comedy. You'll find that over there. Thank you very much for listening and watching. The TV show goes out again Friday, 10.45, BBC One Northern Ireland. It's available on the iPlayer, previously with Shane Todd. Thanks, much love, support local, autism NII. It's a good time, watch the Borat movie. Matthew Townley, no, you don't get to keep the Tupperware with the elastic bands on it, but I hope since school you've made your own and I hope you're still playing tunes on it, man. All the best, keep riffing.